0: Right now, we love a feel-good story, and we love featuring organizations and groups that are doing good work. Right now in the community, they're pitching in and helping out during this pandemic. And joining me is Laurel Sims. She's the co-founder of Urban Growers Collective. Hi, Laurel. How are you? Hi, G. Thanks for having me on. Are you kidding? Thanks for being with us. Um, first of all, before we talk about sort of what you guys have been doing, sort of the initiatives you've had throughout this pandemic and giving back, I want to talk a little bit about your organization. So Urban Growers Collective, you're the co-founder. What do you guys do? So we're a nonprofit in the city,
1: and our our big focus is really getting folks to grow food. So we do that through a variety of ways. Um, we have a preschool farm where we teach little people how to eat healthy and plant seeds and harvest. Um, we have a teen program, an adult job training program, and a farmer incubator program, all of which help folks learn about the food system and their place in it and how to um, contribute to our neighborhoods by creating healthier environments. Um, and another big piece of that is the food that those folks grow goes on to our Fresh Moves mobile market, which is a bus that goes around to 13 different community groups, mm-hmm. and we sell the produce. Um, we sell the produce it to the folks who are going to either their health center, their their um, school, or. Um, you know, or their just place of work. And that way, they're able to have access to food that they may not have on especially in the south and west side. Okay, of the so
0: city. definitely. Oh, a lot to unpack there. You guys do a lot Laurel. So okay. So first of all, how did this um, come about because you are the co founder? How did you end up thinking that this was something that this was a need and you were going to figure out a way to fulfill it?
1: So Erica Allen, who's my, the co-founder and co-director with me, um, and I have been working together for about 15 years, and we worked for a different organization, and from that organization, we really kind of dreamed what we wanted, and what we wanted to do was to really create urban farms that... Um, not just grow food, but also created healthy and healing spaces for the participants who are in our program. And so that's really how we started. We wanted to create healing, wonderful spaces where people felt safe and where they could really start healing generational trauma that has affected Black and brown communities throughout
0: Chicago? Well, that's something that we're hearing a lot about, especially now. Um, I think it's in the forefront of the news and everything that's been happening since the fallout of George Floyd's death. It's um, about generational trauma and sort of the disparities that are occurring in um, different uh, groups, especially for black and brown folks, as you mentioned. So, you know talk about that a little bit in terms of making sure to include folks that live in the neighborhood into the program. And you're saying that it's of all ages, preschool to adults.
1: Yeah. And I think the one thing that we've really found is that um, especially parents, uh, you know, they want their kids to be able to be mentored and to be challenged. And that is a gap that I think we're, we're helping to fill. Um, so we do after school and summer programming. And our kids really learn everything from planting to harvesting to marketing that product and also how to cook it. So not only do they get kind of a healthy lifestyle Um. Development, but they also get really amazing mentors who help them just grow into great adults. And so that's one of the ways I think that we've really embedded ourselves in communities because they see that as an asset um, and that the urban farms are an asset to their neighborhoods. And that's really the best thing that we can do in order to really start changing what communities get to eat and how they're influenced.
0: And of course, that's a concern right now as well when you're thinking about um, COVID-19 and the disproportionate effects on communities and then also about immunity. And uh, we're learning a lot about how, you know, immunity, so much of it has to do with what we intake into our bodies. Yeah. So food is like the first line of defense um,
1: for immunity boosting. And when you don't have grocery stores or you don't have vehicles in order to get to a grocery store, so it takes up instead of, you know, an hour of time out of your day it takes half a day to be able to feed your family um we really have to start changing that dynamic so having folks be able to grow their own food to have community gardens they can go to to do that for their um for food sovereignty to be able to have urban farms in their neighborhood really starts changing that dynamic um and that's you know and that
0: i think is one of
1: the best ways that we can really just overall boost community
0: health Okay, so you are talking about these urban gardens. How big are the gardens and where are they located?
1: So we have eight urban farms in the city, and our smallest is, you know, it's like a border patch um, in Bridgeport. To, we have a display garden in Grant Park that's called Art in the Farm that we've been doing for 15 years, so it's in the heart of the city. Um, our biggest farm is actually at 90th and Mackinac, which is a seven-acre farm where we grow a tremendous amount of food, and that's also where we have our incubator program. We have a community garden that can host up to 100 families in the South Shore neighborhood, and we also have a youth core of 30 teens who work there every summer and after school.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's a lot of moving parts in a lot of different locations. So, I mean, how many people work for your nonprofit? We're pretty small. So we have about 15 full-time folks. And then in the summer, that jumps
1: a little bit um, to help with our youth course. So we have some pretty amazing instructors who come back year after year um, to be with the teams that they've been helping to um, mentor and So we jump up about ten more people over the summer, but we're pretty—we're a pretty small, tight
0: ship. (laughs) Well, what do you grow? So, what are what's uh, some of the the vegetables and fruits that you guys grow? We grow a lot of um, cultural and
1: kind of rare crops. Um, So we do, you know, everything from like tomatoes to collard greens to squash. everything you can kind of think of that you would see in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. We also just added an orchard last year, so we're hoping in the next couple of years we'll be able to have a lot more fruit production in the city. That's a little more difficult to do, and we do have a little bit more space on that seven-acre farm. Um, And then some of our incubator farmers do really interesting varieties. So we we have one incubator farmer who specializes in African crops. Um, we have another one who, um, does microgreens and salads. And so it's a huge variety of different, uh, different produce that we can really help collectively, um, gather and then get out into the city.
0: When you talk about incubator farms, so I'm guessing these are like small patches within your larger urban farm that can be, are they leased or are they, how has that worked out?
1: So it's a three-year program for new and emerging farmers. Um, everyone everyone in our, um, in our class right now is a person of color, which is pretty amazing to have um, 13 new black and brown farmers emerging out of this program. And they each get a quarter acre of land to begin with, and then that increases over that three-year period. One of the things I think is special about our program is that land access is so difficult in the city. And so even after you graduate out of our program, you can still... You can still rent that piece of land in order to really, you know, anchor your farm. Because it's really hard after three years to learn, you know, develop a business plan and then try to find land in the city. It's almost impossible. So to be able to stay on that land, I think, is a really huge benefit.
0: Speaking with co-founder of Urban Growers Collective, Laurel Sims. And Laurel, I mean, it's got to be fascinating because you could start off not knowing a thing about farming at all, and then you could join this process. And then at the end of it, you could have a profitable business by, you know, maybe specializing in this certain type of vegetable that is used by local restaurants or something like that, right?
1: Exactly. And I think one of the things that's great about it is that, you know, really the sky is the limit. Um, and so and you do have kind of this collective sense of empowerment um, it really starts changing that dynamic it's really hard to do that on your own especially for black and brown farmers across the country you know i think it's like five percent of farmers are people of color and so to be able to start really changing that dynamic and using this collective sense of um, ownership and um, camaraderie that i think really starts changing that dynamic so that we can be a lot more powerful together.
0: So how do people find out about you and how do you get connected with the right people that are interested in, in this project?
1: I think a lot of it is word of mouth. So, um, you know, for like, for our teams, for instance, um, we have pretty high retention and they help self-recruit. So we don't have to do a lot of recruitment at this point for our youth programs. And there are 220 kids on our summer program. Um, And, they all seem to really like it and come back because I think they really enjoy you know, the very tangible benefit of seeing something that you plant turn into something you can both eat and sell. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge experience for a kid. And so I think for us, it's really just you know networking. We have about 40 different organizations that we work with, and we all just help self-promote and help each other out to try to get to try to reach as many folks as we can.
0: And of course, uh, you mentioned this Fresh Moves Chai, which is kind of like a food truck, but it's more like a grocery truck because you have all these great uh, products um, that you've grown on the farms. Um, how, If you're in need of food, how do people find you?
1: So our schedule is on our social media, which is Fresh Moves Chai, and also on our website, which is urbangrowerscollective.org. Um, we're actually going to re- hopefully relaunch the bus in August as long as the coronavirus doesn't Mm -hmm. devastate chicago um so we're hoping that that will happen and we'll actually be able we bought a new bus and so we're going to hopefully be able to impact even more communities um because we'll have a bus that's reliable and Mm -hmm. can get to sites on time
0: and laurel i have about 30 seconds left i know that this has been incredibly difficult for all types of businesses and especially also for nonprofits. um you guys take donations like where do people go
1: we do. So urbangrowerscollective.org, um, you're able to donate there. And um, right now we're doing a lot of emergency food relief. So we have 420 boxes going out that, going out tomorrow and another 1,500 meals. So even a $20 donation helps a family of four have food for a week. So any, even a little bit helps us really move the dial on making sure folks have the nutrition they
0: need. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Laurel Sims, um, she is the co-founder of Urban Growers Collective. If you can help out in any way, go to urbangrowerscollective.org.